0: It had been running late since before Nancy and had made several unscheduled stops between Basel and Zurich. Near Innsbruck it broke down altogether, or rather it stopped, and men could be seen running around outside, inspecting the tracks and wheels and shouting at one another. Then it gathered velocity once more, tore along a long narrow valley before once again coming to a screeching halt. The sun was setting, And a fine, dreary rain was running down the window pane. Despite the season, it was July already, the compartment grew draughty and cold whenever the train was in motion, then turned close and somehow oppressive when it shuddered to a halt. She had been on the train now for close to fourteen hours. During the first hours of their journey, the conductor had made a point of stopping by the compartment with great regularity to offer his services, ply her with a peculiarly sweet yet bitter tea, which he dispensed from a blue enamel pot, and to keep her abreast of the reasons for their delay. He was a fat man, doughy, and as though held together by his ill-fitting uniform. Whenever he leaned over to arrange the cushion behind her head, or to fuss over the luggage that was hanging in a net above her seat, he left behind the sweaty mark of his plump little hands. Above all, he liked to talk. His explanations were as inconstant as his crab-like gait. At first he had told Mademoiselle, as he insisted on calling her, even though she was no longer young, and even though they spoke in German, he in an accent that was broadly Viennese, she with the crisp formality of someone no longer used to the tongue that the train's delay was due to the circumstance, and a rather odd one at that, that the company had been unable to locate the engine driver in Paris from where the train hailed. They'd found him at last, dead drunk, at a public pissoir not far from the station, sitting on the ground, that is, with his arms wrapped around a plucked and broken-necked goose. All attempts at revival had failed, and at long last it was decided that a replacement had to be found. An hour later the conductor seemed to have forgotten about the engine driver whose goose he had taken such pains to describe. Now he insisted that a tree had been found lying across the tracks in circumstances that were nothing short of suspicious. To wit, the trees were considered to be located too far from the tracks for it to have been a matter of chance. "'And besides, the trunk had been cut rather than broken, and with a proper saw at that. Twenty miles on it was the activities of the Swiss officials that were holding up the train. "'Some papers had been filled in incorrectly, and they, that is, the Swiss, "'had called ahead to the next station with instructions to stop the train, whatever the cost.' Through each of the conductor's lengthy explanations the woman listened with an air of evident boredom, nonetheless smiling at him and accepting his cups of sweet yet bitter tea. Whenever the conductor left the compartment, the woman let lapse this sugary smile and turned her attention back to the boarding school boy who was sitting across from her. He in turn never left off staring at her with open curiosity— They had been alone in the compartment for some six hours now, and had yet to exchange so much as a word. There was little about him that was remarkable, a young man dressed in black, with a stiff white shirt and dark patterned tie, holding a book closed upon his lap. He was perhaps eighteen years of age, too slender yet to be thought of as a man, rich. How else would he be able to afford the first-class ticket? a boy very pale, with a mask of freckles sitting lightly on his face, the hair nearly black, thick, and falling low into his forehead, the brows long and straight, sloping gently to the temples. There was something wrong with his eye, the one that faced the window and found its own reflection in the darkness of the pane. It looked as though it had been beaten, broken, reassembled. Its white was discolored, and it drooped within its socket. Giving a new note to his face of belligerent reproach. His shoes were made of a